What's up, y'all? This is Chitty Bang, and I'm on the Renegade Millionaire Show, the podcast that profiles entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs. Join us as we go one-on-one inside the hearts and minds of some of our generation's best and brightest. And now, introducing your host, my friend, Sun Group Wealth Partners Managing Director, CNBC and Forbes.com contributor, Winnie Sun. Hi, everybody. It's Winnie Sun, and this is the Renegade Millionaire Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're here from TuneIn Studios in Venice Beach, and you can learn all about our show now at renegademillionaireshow.com. We're really excited. We just launched it. And so you can keep track of me there and as the uh, managing partner of Sun Group Wealth Partners in Southern California. You can also follow me on Twitter so you can see when I'm going to be on CNBC next. Speaking of CNBC. On the way here, I got an email from a a good friend of mine, Sharon Espern, on CNBC asking me to comment on a very hot topic today, which is about retiring abroad. So I want to share this with you really quickly. You know, the thought of retiring on an island, I know it's probably crossed your mind at some point, probably not Gilligan's Island, but the really beautiful island. So I would say like with anything else, it always pays to start and plan early. So with that, some things to keep in mind to pre-plan and get assessment of in terms of savings is how much it's going to cost in terms of housing, Medicare costs, travel costs, and of course, lobster costs. With that, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I always love to hear from you, and I'm always happy to answer your financial questions. And with that, let's start with the show. So I am so excited. I can't even tell you. In the office, we've been buzzing, buzzing, excited uh, because today's guest, most of you have, I would say probably all of you have heard of. So Jeff Timmons is with us in the studio, and you may have heard of a small group back in the day called 98 Degrees. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so hard to do this, and my job is so difficult. But thank you, and welcome, Jeff. Thanks for coming Thanks. On. That's quite the intro. I appreciate that. I'm very, very flattered. Yes, back in the day, we were, we were, uh, we were around in the late 90s, early 2000s was our kind of our heyday, and basically had a reunion a couple years ago. So thanks for that intro. It was awesome. <laughs> we just saw you. Well, if, if they saw you right now sitting in front of me, they would think that you started when you were 10 years old. Cause you oh, were- I love you. This is... Uh, <laughs> Let's, how long can we take this interview? We want this to last forever. No, I, you know, I try to stay with the young bucks. I'm in the entertainment industry, and you know, as you know, the majority of that, unfortunately, uh, is it's not necessarily about talent or your business acumen. It's about the way you look. So, you know, I try to keep up, and you know, my kids keep me fresh and young. I think so. I, I really appreciate that too. Nice compliments. Well, you, you look great. So that you must be doing something right. Thank you. I'm gonna read your bio because there's just so much, and I don't want to, I don't want to mess anything up. But in '97, so you were you peaked at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 with "Invisible Man." Yeah, that was our first single that we ever had out. We were signed to Motown Records originally, and uh, it was interesting. We were the first. Uh, white vocal group ever signed to Motown Records. It was That's pretty so interesting, cool. and we didn't even think about it like that. We, uh, you know, we idolized Boys to Men. We formed our mm-hmm. group uh, and we modeled ourselves af- after Boys to Men. Boys to Men was signed to Motown really? Records. We wanted to be signed to Motown Records. They got discovered singing backstage at a concert. We got discovered singing backstage at their concert. Wow! So it's sort of we had this vision of doing whatever Boys to Men did, and we ultimately did a lot of the things. Now they sold a lot more. I think they sold many more records than we did, and had really? more number ones than us. 
us. But nonetheless, we, we wanted to follow that model. And, and certainly, uh, we, it was interesting. It came full circle that we got to tour with our idols on the last tour. So it was a pretty incredible you ride You didn't for do us. so bad yourself, though. We got lucky. We did okay. Yeah, we did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did very, very well. Thanks. I remember back then seeing pictures on TV where there's just crowds of people. I mean, I, I'm... I, I can't even imagine how you got from the tour bus onto stage some days. It was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, when that song Invisible Man that you alluded to earlier came out in 97, it was a top 12 hit on some charts. It was top 10, like on Rick D's, it was top 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was we playing were, all the time. We were going all over the place. And Motown had this uh, brilliant idea at the time that they wanted to put our music out and they didn't want to put our pictures on anything. So yeah. they wanted everybody to think that we were a black group. <laughs> <laughs> Instead That's of so showing awesome. uh, showing what we look like, they decided they they thought it would be a good idea. They wanted us to have edge, be urban, be an urban vocal group as opposed to you know you so cute, a bunch though. of white boys from Ohio. So they <laughs> they uh they had a different idea and different philosophy. So it was interesting. You say you couldn't get off the tour bus. Quite the contrary, we were going all over the country, and we were the Invisible Men. We had we had this this huge song on the radio, and we were literally going into record stores and buying up our own records because nobody <laughs> knew what we looked like. We didn't have a video on MTV so the strategy on how to market us wasn't quite working so <laughs> we, we we could definitely get off the tour bus in fact we uh we would go into malls before we would perform at local radio station shows and actually have hire like girls give them disposable cameras to follow us around <laughs> and make it look like we were superstars so people would crowd around and we could tell them about the show so it was a little bit backwards at first and then TRL came out and then our videos came on MTV and literally like almost overnight we couldn't get out of the tour bus all yeah, of a sudden yeah the boys from Ohio got popular real quick yeah once the video images came out and MTV was on it and uh, we did a lot of things with Disney and Nickelodeon and uh, once the images were out there it was pretty it started to get pretty crazy it got pretty crazy pretty quick right yeah yeah I mean uh, probably within I'd say six months it was we were begging people to buy our record and then we couldn't get out of the tour bus to get yeah. into the hotel so I remember everybody was talking about 98 degrees they still talk about today I mean and you did a movie with Mulan yeah, you know, uh, that was another thing. I mean, we've been I was very blessed in my career. We got to to work and associate with a lot of my idols. And Stevie Wonder, again, mm -hmm. a Motown former Motown artist and legend. Oh my uh, gosh, everybody would dream of working with Stevie. It, it was incredible. I mean, uh, and and Disney approached us to do a song for the soundtrack of Mulan, partnering mm -hmm. with Stevie Wonder a duet with him. So Who of said course no. Uh, it, no, we, we actually we uh we jumped at the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so working with Stevie was incredible. Uh, he was the most down earth guy literally the guy whether cameras are there or not there he always is playing music in his trailer uh, for the video shoot he had a piano he had a harmonica on the set always playing music most humble guy on the planet and it was like an honor to to be in his presence really and then to share a soundtrack uh, cut with him on Mulan and for Disney I mean it was it was like a dream come true really how old were you when you were working with him I mean I was in my early 20s I think that came out in like 98 so I was like 25 mid-20s Oh wow! Yeah, so. so did he did he share any words of wisdom with you? Well, he just one of his big things was stay humble. I mean, he was a uh, he was really cool, and you know, at that time we were starting to really blow up and get popular. Uh, fortunately for us, uh, you know, it is easy to get get it let it go to your head. But we're all from the Midwest, all from good families. Our parents kind of taught us that you know, look, you don't don't let it go to your head because they'll they'll check you up really quick and put <laughs> you in your place. So we we kind of kept kept our balance about us. But Stevie was uh, very much a humble guy, and here's a guy that has sold hundreds 
hundred hundreds of millions of records mm-hmm. and had so many number one songs and mm-hmm. world famous for years and years and years. And so he was humble, and we thought, okay, well, this is this is a good guy to look at, you know, sort of to idolize and follow in his footsteps. Wow, that's incredible. Do you have you have you spoken to him through the years? Or? Yeah, I mean, we've ke- we've kept touch uh, here and there through the years. I mean, I saw him a, a few years back at the uh, Billboard Awards in Las Vegas, and he, again, gracious. I thought he might have forgotten about us, but he he sure didn't. He was great. Oh wow, incredible. Well, I, I actually that's a good segue. I'd love to talk about what you're doing in Vegas. That's exciting stuff. I'm doing a lot of stuff in Vegas. You know, originally I was uh, I, I made the transition from Southern California to Las Vegas. I was newly married to the, I'm on my second marriage and very happily married now. But uh, my wife, uh, I had been approached to host the Chippendale show in Las Vegas. <laughs> so I was that's like, a little different, right? It, it, it's quite different. And I thought, man, what a mistake that'll be if I go there. People will think I'm a stripper and my career's <laughs> over. Where's it going? My wife said, No, no, no. I I've seen the Chippendales. It's a really well-produced show, believe it or not. It's a Vegas show. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be stripping. You're going to be hosting. You're going to be singing Sing. 98 Degrees songs. You're going to be singing new songs. You're going to be bringing the, that fan base that was 12 and 13 that are now 20 and 23 and uh, 22 and 23 to that to that venue. And it's going to make a lot of press. And really, it's going to rejuvenate your career. And I was like, I mean, up to the 11th hour, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to pull out. Uh, and I actually thought about it. And, you know, I talked to the publicist there who brought me in and he said, look, there are billboards all over Vegas. You know, it's all over the press now. You got to do and it ended up being one of the best things I've ever done. I had a blast. I mean, getting to perform with those guys. They're great dancers. A couple of the guys sing. It's not a raunchy show like people think by any Mm -hmm. stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a great experience for me. It was sold out the whole time. I became a staple in Vegas. Uh, wow. You know, I, I got opportunities to do music and and TV again. And um, you know, I created my own uh, mail review. That's more of a singing type of boy man. Like, these guys rip their shirts off, but they're amazing dancers uh, and great singers. And you know, we end up getting a TV show with that on the E Network called Men of the Strip. Strip. Yeah, Men of the Strip. And now we're going to do a series with that. We're going to take that overseas. We have 120 to 150 dates scheduled. For for these guys overseas, they're gonna wow. follow Doc the guys, make a series on the guys overseas, and they're gonna put music out. It's it's become a phenomenon in its own respect, and Magic Mike being a, a huge catalyst for that. You know, now that that's mainstream and that girls are allowed to have their their girls' night out and they're fun <laughs> and and the, and that type of thing is is sort of accepted, believe it or not, uh, this late in this day and age, uh, finally <laughs> accepted with that and Fifty Shades of Grey and everything. Uh, you know, this it's been a kind of a whirlwind an exciting um, endeavor for me. Wow, that's incredible. So if people want to go see the show, how do they... Well, we were thinking about doing a residency in Vegas and then this opportunity to take the, the group, the troupe worldwide came. So mm-hmm. it's sort of a balancing act. Great, you know, Vegas is cool and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and you can have a residency there and we had certainly had a lot of offers to create a residency there. We went on a 42-city tour with the guys mm-hmm. that was sold out the whole time. Wow. Uh, it ended up being incredible. It started off very slow and then... Boom, once it hit virally what the show was and people knew that these guys sang and they danced and, you know, the guy that choreographed the guys choreographed Michael Jackson and Usher. So these guys could really dance. Uh, The show blew up and then uh, now we're going to take them overseas. I think it's better opportunity for branding with the guys internationally. Grow the brand. uh, Let them put music out like a bunch of record labels want to do with the guys out there. Mm -hmm. Do it overseas. Collect the momentum. 
come back to the States, start a residency in Vegas. So what's your role with them on a day-to-day basis? Uh, I'm more behind the scenes. Of course, I host the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, originally it was to draw my existing fan base to the show. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, once I got once they got there, I was like chopped liver next to these guys. <laughs> They're like, what, Jeff who? Uh, go, get off the stage. We like these younger, felt dancers that can sing. So, uh, you know, I, I host the show. I do a, mo- a lot of behind the scenes. I market the guys. Uh, each of them, we've spent a lot of time, each of the guys building up their own brands. Now, for this new uh, version of Men of the Strip, we're going to recast. We're going to get international. We're going to wow. get guys from all over the world to be in this one kind of uh, super group, super troop. So That's really cool. It's 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 fun. I mean, uh, again, when you talk about a male review, everybody has their connotations about what it is, and it's really raunchy. And <laughs> it's it's a sexy, edgy show, but it's an entertaining show. It's a, it's a Vegas type of show. Yeah. It's a Broadway Vegas type of show. Well, it came from Vegas, and everything's okay in Vegas, right? Yeah, you know the saying, you know. But uh, <laughs> uh, everything's okay in Vegas, and it's it's quite a departure from even the Chippendales. It's it's more of a polished performing kind of thing that that's more about a kind of a mind and uh, enticement than you know gritty, sexy, raunchy kind of stuff. Makes you want to check it out, doesn't it? I I, I hope so. I hope people come <laughs> and check it out. So let's talk about that. I mean, another thing that before you before we got on the air here, Jeff and I were talking about how. A lot of what he does today, he does because of his kids, because he's, he's quite the family man. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to have a big family. I have a big family. We, uh, My wife and I have five kids between the two of us. I have two stepkids, two from a previous marriage, and we have one together. So we, we really have like the, a Brady Bunch mix family. It's kind of a, a zoo at my house, but I like that. That's what <laughs> I've dreamt, I dreamt of my whole life. I mean, even when I... I gave a speech for a competition uh, when I was a freshman in high school, and I was like, my goal is to have kids. Ten, 10 kids, you know? Uh, I'm halfway there. I don't think I can have any more. By the time my youngest kid's in high school, I'm be like 60 years old, so i got to stop at some point. But You'll be the cool dad at 60, though. I, okay. I hope so. I, you know, the last thing I want is them to be like, your grandpa's here, and my daughter would be embarrassed. Hey, but you'll have a ripped grandpa. So. I'll, I'll try, yeah. As long as I keep hanging out with these guys that I've met in the strip, I'll hopefully maintain some of somewhat of a semblance of a uh, of, of a physique but uh you know i love being at home and so you know uh, i've been fortunate enough to have enough success that i can create my and and nowadays with technology you don't just have to be an entertainer to work out of home i have a studio at my house uh i do a lot of my business uh through skype uh, of course i have to come to la being in entertainment quite a bit or new york but uh, the majority of the time I spend in my house with my kids. And so, yeah, so your office is at home. My office is at home. My studio is at home. I mean, I can work on the phone. I can work on my computer any place in the house. I can go to games. Uh, so I can coach awesome. games. I, I mean, and, and then go home and work in the studio from 12 at night to 5 in the morning, you know, so while everybody's asleep. So there, there's a way to do all of it. So you chose that as your life. I mean, you could obviously have a studio and have all these people, but you choose to work from home. So what got you to this point? Well, I mean, uh, I, I chose the entertainment business, so it's a flexible business, and mm-hmm. I do music. So nowadays you can create music anywhere and send it uh, mm-hmm. you know, through Dropbox, Internet, you know, all that stuff that you know, wasn't available even when we first started. It was tape you know everything was on tape you it was reel to reel tape and you'd have to ship the tape and you'd have to cut the tape you know or you'd have to punch stuff in which meant you had if you missed a take you rewound and you have to record it again and go back uh nowadays it's technology so i can put something together at my house or uh and do it for another artist send the track out that person can come to my house they can track while my kids are at school or in the middle of the night when they're asleep we can get it done ship it off wherever we can do it worldwide right save a lot of time i mean and a lot of money i mean 
mean, yeah. uh, nowadays, of course, there's this certain polish that a that a major uh, studio with all the outboard gear and bells and whistles offers, and eventually you take the mm-hmm. the rough mix that you have on whatever music or, or whatever video film you're doing, and you go to post somewhere else uh, that has the that kind of technology. But the majority of the stuff you can get done in your house for, I mean, a fraction of the cost, really. That's very cool. So is your wife or kids they ever tell you, like, get out of here? No, oh, yeah. Like, they're sick. The they, they get sick of me. You know, I, I have a fine balance. I Just, you know, like today, I had to come to L.A. for some meetings, of course, this, uh, this great interview, and thanks again for having me. But uh, I, I think it was time. They're like, oh, great. He's going to be gone for, like, two days. Thank God. Because I am all over the kids. I'm, I'm with them all the time. And, uh, you know, it, it's not like I remember my dad having to travel. My dad was always there for us, uh, you know, anything we needed. But he traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, mm-hmm. He was a, a salesman for Memorex and Verizon, and he was the VP of these companies. And wow. so he it required him to be out of town quite a bit mm-hmm. and make sales calls and make these big deals. And But, you know, when we had things like graduation and football games, he was there. Mm-hmm. But he was gone most of the week. So, you know, I missed him a lot. And it's the opposite with my kids. They're like, don't you have a sales call? Can't you get a sales job? Can't you? <laughs> you know, isn't there some place you need to be besides watching me do my homework? Uh, but no, I mean, uh, it's, it's something that I feel very blessed that I was able to create for myself. Uh, Amazing. And, and that's probably my biggest uh, accomplishment. I, I get up every day. I'm like, I'm lucky to be home with these kids every day. It's cool. Yeah, it's very oh. cool. It's like the cool, you're like the cool modern father. I just, we were just talking about this earlier. My husband made that decision also. He came from a very big company and gets to work from home. And the, the key thing that he says is I get to work from home. I don't have to work from home. I choose to work from home, which I think we, we didn't have that luxury, you know, just 10 years ago. No, and technology makes that available to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to go into the office. Again, uh, the face-to-face, FaceTime, Skype, uh, WebEx uh, for uh, presentations. I mean, it's all there. I mean, it's great to be in person. There is something to be said when you need to go in person to. But you to can get, get on a plane. You can get in a car. Yeah, you can get on a plane, go for a day, come back, or you know, you can do business over over the computer. We, I was part of the the sale of our show, the pitch of our show to E and all the other networks via a tour bus on Skype. So cool. I was able to participate in those meetings, and we sold the show that way. So I didn't need to be in L.A. in New York all those times. I was. You know, wherever I was in transit uh, on a computer. So it was, it was, we were able to work it out that way. Got and lucky. The, and the cool thing is, when your wife needs an extra hand on a three year old, then you're there. Yeah, and all the right? kids. I mean, I like to help her out. Uh, she helps me out with my career. You know, mm-hmm. she does a lot for me, almost sort of manages me in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes care. She takes care of a lot of stuff financially. I, I'm like all over the place with my finances, <laughs> and I don't keep we, track we, of the bills. We tend to be good with yeah, that. Yeah, she. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, uh, speaking from the best, I guess. Uh, you know, I. So I. I'm all over the place. She allows me to, of course. Uh, before I met my current wife, I was a mess. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not very good orga- organizing with organization. My organizational skills are lacking big time, but I'm creative. So if I have something to do at 2 o'clock in the morning, I can get up, throw it down. Uh, if I come up with a treatment for something as far as a, a play or writing a chapter of a book, I can do that. And she takes care of all the regular stuff that needs to be done for us to live, like paying the bills and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> taking care of stuff and making sure you have food right going to the store yeah I mean, all that stuff that i sort of forget about oh yeah you guys haven't eaten today oh i forgot no i'm, I'm so you know so it, i guess my my youngest son 
Uh, he loves when my wife's about to go out of town for a few days to go to her niece's graduation in Louisiana. So my my son's already looking forward to party time with me. He stays up all night and plays video games, and it, it's like his vacation. So very cool. So I mean, working from home, do you feel like you get more work done than if you were going to an office? Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, look, you you get, when you go to an office or you go to all these places, you have to commute. So yeah, that yeah. takes a big chunk of your day out at home. Like I said, I mean, I can do everything whenever I want. I mean, if I want to go work on a certain part of a song and everything's taken care of with my kids and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I can go work on it and at, at my leisure or, or at six, 5, 6 in the morning before they get up. And, you know, I couldn't just jump in a car and go to a studio and then come back and then, you know, just all the rigmarole doing that, getting an engineer, calling the studio, getting them to open it up whenever I want, seeing if time's available. No, I can do things and work very efficiently That's out of awesome. my house. And I know you have a huge fan base. I mean, so how do you maintain that? Like, I know you're, you get huge social media followers. Do you do that or do you have people? I like to do it. I mean, uh, I think one of the things that made our, our group uh, 90 Degrees unique from some of the other folks we were uh, compared to is that we were always very, very approachable approachable to our fans and mm -hmm. uh we uh kind of kept that blue collar mentality of you got to keep grinding you got to keep working you got to maintain your fans you have to let them know that they're appreciated in a genuine way uh because fans can sense when it's you're just doing it to make sure they stay your fans uh and we thought it's really important to have a uh, good relationship with our fans. Ask their opinions. I'm on all my social media myself. Wow. Um, you hear that, guys? If you reach out, Jeff actually responds. Yeah, abs absolutely. And, I, you know, look, I love the, the praise that our fans give, but I also love their constructive criticism. And our fans don't, you know, they, <laughs> they they're not shy. <laughs> they're not shy about, love it. wow, why did you wear that? tomato red shirt today <laughs> you look like a fat tomato you know i mean so they'll tell me that and then i'll be like all right honey scratch the tomato no more tomato shirt, shirt. it didn't <laughs> it didn't work but you know like uh, of course you got to take all of it in stride good with the bad and, and you know you got to kind of like uh not let it get to you too much yeah there are good things about social media and of course bad things about it but i i think uh, i look at it like you you talk about positivity i kind of look at it in a positive mm -hmm. light it's constructive uh, does it run my life no is it important is it an important tool is it important to uh Stay to be connected. to be connected with the fans absolutely i mean they make my career I, they made me mm -hmm. sell enough records having enough tours so i can sit home and watch my kids grow up Every thank day. you. Thank you to all of you who follow Jeff. Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. We appreciate you. We really do. Well, that is awesome. Well, what's what's next? What's next that we can look forward to? What well, you got in place? thanks for asking. I'm doing a lot of a lot of different things. Um, I, I have a so I have a out of home media company that I've, I'm in the process of purchasing with my uh, business partners that I've been working on for many many years, and finally it's coming into fruition. It's called I Am Media, Ooh, and it's I basically a, a, any TVs you see out of the home, uh, gas pumps in stores, in retail stores, in convenience stores. Um, we're purchasing a company that has uh, 55,000 screens in the marketplace. Wow. And it sounds like a boring thing for my fan base that wants to hear entertainment. But as an entrepreneur, it's a good place to sell advertising. Yes. And obviously, advertising drives every sort of form of entertainment. So it drives television. It drives radio. Mm -hmm. uh, it drives the Internet. Mm -hmm. uh, so all, all of the things you see on TV are a result of selling advertising so you can see it. So mm -hmm. uh, this is going to enable me to advertise whatever I 
want content wise, you but can also content, yeah. also uh, and cross promote across all of these many many platforms. But also, it's a lucrative business with regards to selling advertising in the, in the retail space. So that's something. Thank you. That's something that I've been working on since 2006, and finally, uh, you know, we're going to be purchasing a really big company that has all those screens, and then cultivating that, and hopefully have a reach of about 155,000 screens in wow. the next three years. So that's. And what are there any stores that we would know? I mean, look for instance one. One of the it's there's one that's a hamburger chain. I can't okay. tell you the name of it right, right now because uh, we haven't finished discussion. the deal. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but that that store alone has two thousand outlets, wow. and so you know obviously it takes you making sales calls with the individual uh, chains mm -hmm. to see if the advertising coincides with what their brand is. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they share in the uh, revenue stream so that it's it's lucrative for the chains that have the screens as well. All customizable, for example, if we do something in Circle K that's in uh, Vancouver mm -hmm. um, and there's a car lot there that wants to advertise, right it's customizable. Okay. Every single, not just chain, every single store, every single screen is customizable for the client. Wow. And it's all done from one central server. It's pretty incredible. That's incredible. So you can actually change advertisement right on the spot. On the spot, right? yeah, absolutely. So if they want to promote, like, let's say, like, the car lot wants to promote this car that they want to move, they could push it right there. And that, then... That's right. And they don't need to do it in all 2,000 stores They can, mm -hmm. or all 55,000 screens. They can do it on three screens that are strategically in in the vicinity of where their car lot is. Wow, that's almost like creating your own channel. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. It's and we're trying to make that available for the retail out outlets. So we we the the re original way I thought of this was I wanted to get my music in non-traditional retail stores. Right. That's so smart. I started approaching stores like Dollar General, Family Dollar. These stores have uh, between the two of them almost twenty thousand outlets, mm -hmm. and they don't sell music. Mm -hmm. So I approached them at their corporate headquarters about putting CDs at the end caps at point of sale locations mm -hmm. because that's a highly right. uh, desirable, you know, desirable spot. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were all into doing it. Only they wanted to, to do it in a digital fashion. At that time, I was trying to sell CDs. So getting the CDs and, and doing the logistics logistics of that uh, was very difficult so now you can do uh, do that sort of stuff with the screens and, and we're, tr we're trying to implement a way that you can actually purchase items and digital content off the screens as well but that's going to be in phase two and phase three of the business that's really clever yeah that's really great because nowadays everybody's downloading music so speaking of music so what do we what do you have in the horizon in terms of music well a couple of different things uh, one men of the strip uh, they're all singers so the the, the there are uh, several not necessarily labels anymore. Mm -hmm. There are several distribution outlets overseas that want Men of the Strip to put albums out and music oh, out. So wow. I'll be producing some music uh, in tandem with some of my business partners and production partners for them. I also have my mu own music that's going to be coming out overseas first and mm -hmm. then coming back uh, uh, here afterwards because I'm going to be over there for a little while, not too long. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just working on a lot of TV shows. I have a couple of TV shows that incorporate drone technology in, into Very them cool. that we're, we're working on. We're going to be shooting Especially the pilot for that. Vegas, yeah. Th there's mm -hmm. the w wonderful landscape there. Not only does the Strip look amazing, but there are mountains there like Red Rock, uh, Lake Mead's there. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be incorporating this. I, it's so funny that I saw uh, for the first time today they said exclusive footage uh, weather was broadcast, uh, was shown from uh, a drone this morning on the news. Very Tomorrow, cool. I think Good Morning America is having a drone special, so it's starting to become pre pretty prevalent. Very drone-friendly now. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs>
Very cool. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. Incredible. And, and I should also mention, Jeff is somebody that I just I hold so highly because everybody I meet just tells me what an incredible person you are. And I've met you. I've been fortunate enough to meet. This is our second time. And I got to say for sure, Jeff Tim's absolutely gentleman, sweet, classy, and so professional. Oh, and thank you so much. Such a gift to be a friend. Oh. So. Thank you so much for your time. And with that, let's maybe we can do a quick um, intro to like how people can follow you on social media. Like, what are your channels? They're all Jeff Timmons. It's pretty easy. Okay, At Jeff that Timmons. Makes it easy. It's pretty easy. Uh, the, the Facebook just uh, you can look look me up on Facebook. Uh, I have two or three pages on there but um yeah at jeff timmons instagram twitter um i'm starting pinterest all that stuff it's hard to keep up with all of them you know so i have yeah. fortunately i have <laughs> my 16 year old and my my 14 13 year old and even my nine year old his employees they're they're, they're kind of <laughs> giving me yeah exactly i mean i'm using them as like a uh, research and development team on on what social media i should That's keep up awesome. with so they're, they're telling me what's cool and what's not keeping me in check with all that stuff we're gonna have to get retirement plans set up for them now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. They'll love that. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate totally you having me. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And with that, this is Winnie Sun, and this is thank you so much for tuning in again, again to the Renegade Millionaire Show. And to follow me, it's winniesun.com, and I am very active on Twitter, which is at Sun Group WP. Until next time, thank you. <laughs>